Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. I hope you are having an incredible, incredible September. Can you believe we're already in the second week of September? Things are just going so fast. Time seems to be collapsing on itself. Uh, In fact, the Bible even says that, that in the last days, time will be collapsing on itself. It's like what took you uh, an hour to do might take you uh, a minute. What took you a day will take you an hour. And when we see the technology that we have, it's really true. But yet there's still a minute is a minute, an hour is an hour, a day is a day, a month is a month, and a year is a year. And God wants us to fill it full of his presence, full of what he wants us to do. And he wants us to fill it with what he says, not what we believe. And God is telling us as we've been in this sermon series now, opened it up last week, that God says, I'm saying some things to you and I want you to align your belief and I want you to align your words with what I say. You know, last week I talked to you about this idea of, of uh, that, that old saying that I used to see on bumper stickers and all around. It says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, I think that we put our beliefs sometimes a little bit too far up in the priority scale of life. Because when God says something, it really doesn't matter if we believe it or not. When God says something, it's, it's, it's it. It's done. And there are many people that are breaking themselves over life and they're broken down in all of these things. And you might be one of those because simply we're saying God said it, but you're not believing it. And it doesn't matter if God said, if you believe it or not, God still said it. And many times we guide ourselves by our belief instead of what God says. So we've decided to say this or not, believe it or not, God said it, that settles it. We take our belief out of it and let him do that. Well, listen, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name's Jay and my wife, Vicki and I, we are the lead pastors of this incredible, incredible church called The Gate. We're based in Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland area. Many of you are right in this area and you're meeting with us in a hub. You might be at one of our campuses. We're so excited about what God is doing. But if you're out there across the nation and you're meeting with your family or you might be traveling and you're in a hotel room, wherever you might be at, we want to just thank you for coming in and being a part of this. We are so excited and we believe in these last days we can link arms and walk with what God says about us and he says you are his child so I want you to say it like you mean it and believe it today today I am a child of God I have faith to move mountains favor from the king of kings and a future that is out of this world my foundation is the word of God my walk is sure my talk is confident my attitude is like Christ Today I will hear the word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five and say, I believe it for you too. Amen. Well, you know, last week as we talked about it, we talked a lot about this idea of of where our belief system comes in to play. And we talked about it that if our belief doesn't matter, then why why do we camp so much on the belief? 
And why do we worry about it? And we said, if you remember right, is because your belief will activate what God says in your life. It doesn't matter if you believe if Jesus Christ is the son of the living God or not. He still is. It doesn't matter if you don't believe that he created the world. He still did. And all of these things down. But if you want to activate that power in your life, you need to align your beliefs with that. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks as well. But today I want to talk to you about something that I think is so important. And that is, what did God say? If what God says settles everything then what, what did he say and why does it matter? You see, I believe that God said some things in the book, in his word. I believe he continually says things. You see, there are two kinds of words for God, of God. Number one, there is the Logos word, meaning your Bible, the written word, that foundation. We believe that the word of God is the foundation of how we go, how we do our entire life. That if it is not aligned up with scripture, then it is not aligned up with your life. And we need to uh, always align everything we have with the word of God, the Bible, the, the Genesis through revelation the bible says in second timothy 3 16 is that all scripture is inspired and it is good for reproof it is good for for accountability is good for foundation we also believe that the word of god is truth so therefore all truth is god's truth if it's true out there then it is god's truth but there's somewhat there's another word that we believe in as well and that's the rhema word meaning the now word that God he doesn't just leave it in the bible and it has you figured out but he will bring a now word to you he will bring a prophetic word into your life there will be moments and times where you'll sit back and you'll say I just I'm just so impressed with something you might hear somebody say I believe God told me to do this or God said to do that and that's a rhema or a now word, but that's always confirmed in the scripture, in the foundational logos word. That's just a little bit of a teaching this morning on what the word is all about and what God says. But I want to bring to you three things that God said today. It's, it makes up your entire life. If you will camp on these three things that God said, if you will camp on these 20 words, that's all it is, 20 words out of the entire word of God, God said three things. He said three things, and if you would camp on those, your life would be settled. It would, your, your belief system would be settled. Your relationships would be settled. You would find yourself in such an incredible way that nothing would be impossible for you. Now I want you to remember, how many of your Bibles with you say yes? If you don't, say oops. Well, get your Bible out and, and turn with me to Mark, the ninth chapter, in verse 23. Jesus has come off the mountain and had an incredible experience and, a, and an encounter. Uh, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. And he was, he was there and having a, a, a conference uh, with, with some great forefathers. Uh, you'd have to read that passage there. We don't have time for it today, but you need to read that. And it really shown who God, who Jesus really is. But then he comes down and we see this picture of this incredible, incredible, um, uh, difficult era, time in this young man's life. And his son was being tormented by a spirit. And he goes to Jesus and says, if you can help me. And Jesus is so upset. And in Mark, the ninth chapter, in verse 23, we, say, we hear him question the man because the man looked and says, if you can. In other words, going to God saying, if you can help me, well, of course God can help you. God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing, and he's everywhere. But the reality is, he says there, he says, 
I, uh, it is, it is impo- or all things are possible to him that believes. And the man looks and says, help my unbelief, O Lord. And I think that's a prayer for all of us today. That as we walk through life and we walk through some times of doubt, maybe some times of depression, discouragement, we might go through some times of sickness or indebtedness, and our, and our faith, maybe our belief system is a little bit shaky. One of the greatest decisions or prayers that you can pray to God is what this man prayed in, in, the, um, in Mark, the ninth chapter, in verse 24 and 25. He says, O Lord, I believe help my unbelief in other words we're going to walk through those times it's difficult but i want to get back to what god said i want you to understand that god has said some things and through the word of god there are three different things that he said that i believe everything can camp on the first one we see is that god said let there be light the second one he says this is my son in whom i am well pleased and the third thing he said is i am the alpha and the omega 20 words. When you compile those 20 words all together, you will have the entire encompass of God. You will have the entire why it's when God said it, that settles it. First of all, in the word of God in Genesis, the first chapter, it says there, in the beginning was the word. I mean, I'm sorry, that's John 1, 1. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness hovered over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over all. And God said, let there be light. Can I just tell you those four words set the tone for all of creation, set the tone for all existence. Now we know that that wasn't the sun because later, in the, a few, several days later, God created the sun and the moon, the sun to rule over the day and the moon to rule over the night. And he created the time system of, of our days and our nights and how that began to operate according to God's word and God's plan. But when he said, let there be light, there was something supernatural about that. There was something that as God created everything without light, it was formless. Without light, there was void. Without light, there was something that darkness would hover over. Can I tell you that without light, darkness is simply the absence of light. And when God said, let there be light, that was the first word that came out of his mouth. That was the first words that was uttered, spoken as time began. And we need to understand something about that. When God said it, that settled everything. That settled who the creator and who owns everything is. That settled the clarity and the vision and, and, and dispelling the confusion. And that also settled who the counselor of our life is. You see, there are times when we're going to walk through darkness. There are times when we're going to walk through the valley. There are times when we're going to walk through and that we're going to be confused. But when we camp on those words and allow God's reality of let there be light flood our soul, flood our life, we understand something. God owns it all. He owns everything. There is no debate on whether there was evolution. There is no debate on, on if we came from monkeys or not. That, it doesn't matter what you believe. He said, let there be light. That means immediately there was life in the place. There was a moment in time where his breath entered in the formless 
or the, the, the lifeless body of Adam as he formed it from the dust of the earth and as he formed it and putting it all together, then he breathed. The very mouth that said, let there be light is the same mouth that breath came from. The very, the very essence that came out, those words, let there be light, is the very essence that life was breathed into us. And you need to understand that if you are going to live according to the word of God, you just need to camp on those words. God said it, that settled it, let there be light. You see, what happens when light comes in is confusion leaves. What happens when light comes in? Condemnation leaves. We are therefore now not condemned by, the, by God, but we are convicted. It says there, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He's not here to condemn you. He's not here to put you down. He's not here to destroy you. He is here to build you up and lift you up. But sometimes that's going to kind of feel like it's, like it's a little bit hamstrung. You can feel like you're being, uh, you're, you're being shackled. Many years ago, Vicky and I had a good friend of ours that he was such a good guy. And yet with all of his goodness and everything else, he refused to allow the light of God to come into his life. He was good. He was wonderful. But he says, I'm afraid that, that, that if I commit my life to God, if I commit my life to, to that light, then what's going to happen is, is that's going to put a limit on me. That's going uh, to put a ceiling on my life. But I want you to think about this. Do you run through your house? Or do you run through the woods? Do you run through the city with no lights on? Would you turn your headlights off and barrel down a dark highway at, at 95 miles an hour? No, of course you wouldn't. You would have to go slow. You might even completely stop and say, you know what, I'm not gonna go any further. A few days ago, I was, talking to, I was, uh, I was told about a story of, a, of a, a man who is a truck driver. And he was ready to get up and get going at one in the morning. And as he was ready to go, he went to turn on his lights and his lights wouldn't work. He couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't leave until the sun came up. And once the sun came up, then he was able to go and get help. Can I tell you, sometimes we are stopped in our tracks. We want to get up and get going, but the light hasn't come into our life. The Bible says there, arise and shine for your light has come. But if we don't camp on those words, if we don't just decide today that we're going to align ourselves with the one who said, let there be light. Because with our, when the light comes there, then all of a sudden the clarity begins to come. The clarity that dispels confusion. The clarity that doesn't bring condemnation but lifts us up in conviction. The light, the light that comes that, that dispels the conflicted. And it says there that I am going to bring in comfort. I'm going to bring in communion. I'm going to bring in that community to you. You see, there was many times when the prophets of old would go through, and I remember one prophet in particular. I believe his name was Elijah. And as he was sitting there, and he was crying in the middle of the, of the um, wilderness, and he was just crying there saying, I'm the only one, I'm the only one, I'm the only one. No one else is here for me. And the angel of the Lord came down and says, listen, prophet, you need to understand something. There are more than 400 prophets out there. There, are a, there, is a, there is an army of people out there. They're just waiting for you to step up and get going. The light came on. The, the clarity came. 
All of a sudden, the fog and the storm was dispelled. I'm reminded of that song many years ago that used to sing. They used to sing, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. You remember that song? I just loved that song. And I realized so many times that's what happens in our life. There are storms that come in and there is dark clouds that come in. But do you see that what happens when the let there be light is in our world, is in our life, all of a sudden those storms are dispelled because darkness will only come when light is absence. Darkness, the enemy, the absence of light, or darkness and the enemy is literally the absence of light. But the minute light comes in, you see, darkness cannot invade. Darkness can only remain once the light has left or before the light comes in. Last night, when you were in the, when you were in your home or wherever you may have been sleeping, and the darkness was there. The reason the darkness was there because you turned out the light. The reason why the darkness was there is because the sun went down. It's not because the darkness all of a sudden took over. Oh, the enemy would like us to believe that. Hollywood would like us to believe that the darkness can come in. Remember those, those old movies where it just seems like the darkness or, or this, this matter would come in and invade and cover over everything. But that's not the case. The case is this, is that darkness comes into your life. Confusion comes into your life. Con con conflicted uh, situations come into your life and condemnation comes into your life when you don't allow the sun to come in. Don't allow the light to come in. But there's something else God said that I want us to be aware of as well. And that is this. He says in Matthew, the third chapter in seven, verse 17, this is at Jesus' baptism. Jesus has been walking around. He's about 30 years of age now, and he's been saying a few things. He is walking into his, he's getting ready to walk into his major testing in the wilderness of 40 days and 40 nights. But before that happens, there has to be, an, uh, there has to be a proclamation over his life. And when God, when this, thing, when this certain thing happens, all of a sudden we realize who has all authority. You see, if God said, let there be light, and God created all of this, and that is settled, and, no, and, and nothing else can change that, that means God owns everything. God is controlling everything. It is up to Him how things happen. And so God decides to send His Son to this, to this earth. He decides to bring His Son as the ultimate sacrifice. But who is His Son? Who is equal with God? Who is the Son of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? We find out in this moment in time when God opens His mouth again. But this time, He doesn't just say, let there be light. He confirms who the light is. The, he says there, this is my Son. The water, he's, Jesus has walked up. John the Baptist, his cousin, is there. And all of a sudden, his cousin looks at him and says, I, here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Can I just tell you? That's wonderful. That's great that John the Baptist was able to prophetically say that. That's great that John the Baptist has a revelation for that. But can I tell you, you don't need another man's revelation. You shouldn't camp just on another man's prophetic word. You need to get a voice from God yourself. You need to hear that from God. And this is what he says. The very voice of heaven, open, the heavens opened up. When Jesus went down in that baptism and came right back up, this is exactly what he says. He says, all of a sudden, the dove comes down, the Holy Spirit comes down. We see in a mighty picture of the triune God. God the Father is up in heaven and he opens up and he opens up the, the floorboard of heaven. He opens up that incredible that skyscape and he just looks, peers down and he sees his son. And his son is ready to do exactly what his father says. For that's what the word of God says. 
And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes down in the form of a dove, and He, he lands on Jesus. And all of a sudden, from the, from the sky, we hear this incredible, incredible statement. This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Can I tell you that when He says, let there be light, and then He says, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Do you know those two statements align together in John, the first chapter, verse 1, where He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, made, was God, for the Word was with God. And in John 1 and 17, it says there, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That first word that said, let there be light, there it was in very in bodily form. The very word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he comes in and he brings it in there and says, let there be light. And then in Matthew, the fifth chapter, Jesus looks back and he says, I am the light of the world. He's going back all the way to Genesis. Can you hear me today? Can I tell you, you need to understand something. If you decide that, you're, that God said, it that settles it you need to know what he says that's settled and what is said that is settled is that this is his son jesus christ the king of kings the lord of lords he becomes the savior he becomes the lord and he becomes the king he is the savior on the cross and paid our price for our death he is the king he is the lord that went down to hell or went down to hell and took the keys of death hell and the grave back and he is the king that sits next to the father ever making intercession for you Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of all mankind, the one who simply paid the price for all, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is sitting there, and he's going, watch them. Oh, God. Oh, Father. Listen. They're good. They're good. They're, they're going to make it. And he's interceding for you, and he's praying for you. He is making intercession for you, the Word of God says. When God says it, that settles it. In other words, it's settled who the light is. It's settled what the light is for. It's settled where the light comes from. It's not the nature. The light of sun is not the, is, the, sun is not, is not the light. The moon of the reflection of the sun is not the light. You need to understand that the light that we're talking about here is the light of heaven. The Bible is very clear in Revelation that there was a light, that there is no night, there is no darkness in heaven, and there is no sun because heaven is above all creation. So this light that we have is not the lights that are lighting my face today. The lights are not the ones that's coming from your lamp or, your, or your, the ingenuity of Thomas Edison who, who brings about uh, all of the different things that brought about the incandescent light bulb and now the LEDs and all the technology that we have. That's not the light. The light is what came from God. The light is that, is that idea that says there, I am the light of the world. But there was a third thing that he said. You see, God didn't just simply say, I am the light. He didn't just simply say, this is my son. He didn't say, let there be light to bring, uh, take away confusion and confliction and all of these things of condemnation. He didn't just leave it at, this is my son in whom I am well pleased to establish him as the savior the Lamb of God, to establish Him as the Lord and to establish Him as the King of Kings. He didn't just leave it at the every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess at the name of Jesus, that He is the highest name of all. He didn't just leave it at that. Because in Revelation, the first chapter and verse 8, we see something that happened. 
You see, in the book of Revelation, it is the, it is the culmination of the entire word of God. So we start out right here with, I am the light. He said, we start out here with, let there be light. We begin to walk through life as, this is my son and who am I, in whom I am well pleased. But then we end with, I am the alpha and the omega. The Lord God says, I am the beginning and I am the end. Now, I want you to understand something. He's not saying that I had a beginning and I have an end. He's not saying that he is a God that, 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 that there was something before him. Because if, if God had a beginning, that means then what's before God? And who created God? God was always God. God was always there. He's never. And can I tell you this is when we the reason why we can settle it by what God says God said it, that settles it, because there was nothing before God. There, was nothing, there is nothing after God. So what does it mean that he is the Alpha and the Omega? It's that whatever he starts, he finishes. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the Alpha, he is the Omega. He is the starter and he is the finisher. Hebrews tells us that he is the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. We don't finish our own faith. We don't conclude our own salvation. We don't. This is why it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't come across that God is the Alpha and the Omega. That only He's only the Alpha and Omega if you believe it. He's only the beginning and the end if you believe it. He's only the starter or the finisher if you believe it. No, it's not the case. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the starter and the finisher, whether you believe it or not. The question is, are you going to let him start some things in your life? Are you going to let him begin some things in your life? Are you going to allow him to bring some testing in your life? Are you going to allow him to come in with some seasons of trial? Because the Bible says there that, that we walk through trials and we walk through tribulations. The, the psalmist says... Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I'm going to walk through it. Who started it? I can tell you, the Alpha. Who's going to end it? I can tell you, the Omega. You see, sometimes we think that God just starts good things. God just starts. And in and, and reality, what is the definition of good? What is the definition of bad? Sometimes there are difficult, hard things. That, that come to, to our lives, that come to our, our, our spirits. And we walk through some very dark, dark times. Could it possibly be that God not only just allowed it, but put us in there? The Bible says that, God, that the Spirit of God led, the Spirit led Jesus into that time of temptation. He led him into that time of that season of the enemy coming against him. He led him into the wilderness. Can I just tell you? There are times when God may allow things to happen. Many, many years ago, our youngest daughter, uh, Victoria, she had, we, we had some, some chemicals out and doing some projects and cleaning and, and needing to clean some stuff. And we had some wax remover sitting on, <clears throat> sitting on a bench. And we didn't realize that she was even in the room, but before I could even get to her, she had grabbed that, she had grabbed that wax remover and it was in a little bottle. It looked kind of like a bottle that she would drink out of and she grabs it and downs that first swig. Before I could get to her, she had another swig of, 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 of wax remover. And basically it's, it's kind of like just gasoline. And immediately she starts gasping and coughing and, and her, head, her face just starts, turns beet red and it's burning as it's going down. 
Through the course of that, we rushed her to the hospital. And at the, over the next few moments, Vicki was left back at, at where we were at doing our, our things in the church. And before we know it, the, our baby is strapped down there and Vicki is rushed to the hospital with us. And we stood there. And at one moment, they had to ask us to leave. And they strapped my daughter down. And she put, they put her in, in these cuffs and, and so that her, her, her hands wouldn't flail and, and strapped her all down. She was only 18 months old maybe and through the course of that as she started doing it she caught my eye as I walked through as I looked through the door she didn't know these people to her mind they were hurting her to her mind they were keeping her away from me as her father in her mind she was what kind of dad are you in her mind, she was thinking I was allowing or I was harming her. In reality, the best thing that could have happened was be in that room with those strangers. And sometimes in life, we think God is doing things to us and very well he might be. But he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's going to walk you into rooms that you don't want to be in and he's going to finish and get you out of the rooms. He's going to put you in places to where it's going to test you and He's going to put you in places that's going to cause you to be stronger and stronger and stronger. But you have to decide today. You see, God said it. That settles it. Bottom line. God said it. Let there be light. That settles it. God said it. This is my Son in whom, I'm, in whom I am well pleased. That settles it. God said it. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That settles it. Period. The question is, will you align your belief with that? Will you align your belief with let there be light to allow the light of Jesus Christ, the light of God, the light of heaven to come in, the light that has never been created, the light that has always been there before, before all mankind, before this place. It's an eternal light. That's why we call it eternity. It is an infinite. It had no beginning. It has no end. Will you allow that one that says, this is my son, the ultimate authority, the Savior, the Lord, the King, the one is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We call him the Savior and Lord or Lord and Savior. And the reason is, is because he paid the price to save us from our sins, but he went down to hell and grabbed the authority from hell of death and destruction in those keys of hell and brought it back and that made him Lord. The question is, is are you going to align your belief with him? And today I say to you, all you have to do is just say, yes, I believe. I'm going to ask you if you would just pray with me this prayer. And I'm going to say this to you. If you believe it, I want you to say it. I want you to put in there, um, I'm settled, I'm settled, I'm settled. In other words, God said it, that settles it. But you've decided it's settled in my life as well. Just say that, I'm settled, I'm settled, I'm settled. And we'll know when you put that in the chat box or you put that online wherever you're at or look over at someone else in your hub and just say, I'm settled. I'm settled on this. Then I want you to pray this prayer with me if you would. Lord Jesus, thank you for you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I ask you to come into my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you said it. I believe that you settle it. I believe that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe it. That settles it in my life. But God, I believe what you said, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, that you raised him from the dead. And today, I commit my life. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to know that you, that God has come into your life and the light of God has literally exploded. The light of heaven, that which brought in creation, is living in you today. And, he, and you can walk with him and you can talk with him and the peace that passes all understanding will come into your life today. Hey, before we go, let me just bless you. Stretch your hand uh, right toward me. I bless you now. I bless you in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses to all around and to those in your family. And I bless your children that they would be blessed to the thousandth generation as you raise them according to the word of God. I bless you now in your finances that you would have more than enough to pay your bills and pay them on time and that you follow him in, in biblical stewardship. I bless you now in your friendships, that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. I bless you that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now. Now go and be a blessing to all around. God bless you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.